There's something about everything I've picked up around here, it is heavy. It's like, it must weigh like 50 kilos at least. And I reckon those pure, I think they're actually, they're nailed to the ground, so <laughs> that makes them doubly heavy, but they are heavy as well. Uh, everything here, there's a solidity to the church um, in, um, in the Presbyterian way, um, which I think is cool. This building's been here for a while, and it's going to be here for a while yet. And, uh, and so the reason we're here, um, some of you are going, oh, why, why are we here? Well, there's two, there's two reasons. The first reason is that um, they have, uh, Craighead have a standing um, um, uh, booking with a Suzuki Violin School. So if you've been here for a few years, you'll know that we're around this time of year that happens, and we kind of try and work around them, um, but... Uh, they didn't really want to work around us, <laughs> just quietly. So, um, so we said, well, look, we'll find somewhere else. And um, and so, the reason we're here here is partly because the Presbyterian Church they combine. They have another site up in Waitsi Road, and they combine over January, so this is free. But the other reason, the real reason, I think, the spiritual reason is that we are looking for a new space. Uh, we're looking for our own home. And uh, pretty amazing. We'd obviously, don't worry, we'd take out the pews. You can have comfy seats. Uh, and <laughs> But I think, and, and, and possibly, yeah, there would be, there'd be changes in here. But the space itself is lovely. And, uh, and there's a massive hall there for the kids. There's rooms out the back for the little kids. Um, it's, yeah, and it's situated in the community. It's not way off on the outskirts of town or somewhere. It's, uh, it's here in the heart of uh, community. And I just think it was an amazing space for us. But... That's just my idea. <laughs> I know that um, you know God may have other ideas. This may not be the space that He wants us in, and that's cool. But I'm just getting a sense that this is a prophetic act that we are in here at the start of this year, and uh, and I'm talking about prophecy this morning. So um, I think this is the next step. Don't tell the Presbyterians I said that. Um, but I. Because God loves his church, and he's going to work out something for them as well. It's not like he's forgotten them. Um, they've, you know, they actually have properties. <laughs> they've got a whole lot of other things going for them that we don't have. So, um, but, yeah, I think um, I, would, I would actually just love to pray just at the start of the service. And, pray. and so why don't you stand with me, stand to your feet. Well, I want to prophesy in this space. We're going to be talking about prophesying. You're going to be prophesying soon at the end over one another, but I just want to prophesy into this place this morning. Father, we thank you that we're here. Yeah, we may be here for just one Sunday morning, but God, we, we may would do something to make a way for us to find a permanent venue, God. And uh, if this is the space, God, then we declare nothing will stand against it. Uh, Father, we just declare that your plans and your purposes will be worked out, God. We say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if that is your will that we would be here, God, then we claim it in Jesus' name. And we declare prophetically that this is going to be an amazing space where your spirit moves and you're going to be touching lives in the community of Timaru for decades and decades to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. So as Maya said, we're talking full access uh, the next. Um, so, uh, and in my spirit, I feel that we've, we're, we're doing a, a kind of a year of the spirit, a year of full access to the spirit of God, full access to him and, and him moving in our midst. And as I was praying for this Sunday, I, I just felt we needed to unlock 
this idea of prophecy in our midst. Because the Bible itself is a prophetic book. Like it's, we, you can read it in many different ways, but it's actually, it's, it's a book that, and how he's going to move. And, uh, and prophecy is actually something that's it's written throughout the pages of God's working with us. Like he, he, he sees things from beginning to end, like we can't. And I guess that's what prophecy is. It's tapping into that, that mindset of God that actually sees the beginning from the end and everything in between. And we get little glimpses. And when we, when we tap into the idea of prophecy, we get more than little glimpses. We see, ah, oh, actually, this is, this is something for my future. This is something for this person's future. This is something from God in this space. And, and uh, I think prophecy is often very misunderstood in the church um, and, and definitely in the world. Like people, when they think prophecy, they think like, you know, Nostradamus, um, the weird French astrologer who wrote down all these um, there are actually a bunch of poems. I did some research. There are poems, and people have poorly translated them, and they've taken them and they've made them to fit um, into future events rather badly. Uh, uh, all we see in America, there's all these kind of prophets rising up on the internet, and they have huge online followings, and they make predictions about random things, and but nobody holds them account because they're not part of a church. They're just random online prophets, and uh, it gets very m- messy. Um, or we think prophecy, we think Old Testament prophets. And they're a weird bunch, right? So, you know, they're pretty strange. They have weird visions of wheels with eyes on them. And um, they lie on their side for 390 days. Um, that's like over a year, sleeping on your side. Uh, or, or they eat scrolls. Um, that's just Ezekiel, by the way. He did those three things. Um, and <laughs> so they were, they were weird. And we well, prophecy is just this weird stuff. Or maybe in the church you've come along to, and in this space, we sometimes do it. We, we say, hey, I believe God is saying this to you in this space. And that's like, that's a prophetic word. Um, but actually, there's far more to it than any of those things. Um, and, and, and I think if we don't tap into this, then we're missing out on the fullness of what God wants to do in and through us. So last week, I talked through John 15 a little bit. We talked about Jesus, how he's the vine. And we're the branches. And when we connect with Him, we produce fruit in our lives. And the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 tells us, is love, joy, Holy Spirit that God wants us to produce in our lives. But there's something other than the fruit. There's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there's a number of places. There's, there's different lists of the gifts of the Spirit. But actually, God wants us to unlock fruit, but He also wants us to use the gifts. And today we're talking about prophecy because... It's actually the primary gift of the Holy Spirit. Why do I say that? Well, hopefully we've got some slides here. John will sort us. Thanks, John. Tried out. Oh, John's not even there. He's probably going changing his kids' nappies or something. But um, 1 Corinthians 14 says this. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Especially prophecy. So there's a special place that, that God has uh, for prophecy amongst all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you're taking notes, if you want some reasons why we need to unlock prophecy in our midst, then, then I'm going to give you some. The first reason is it's, it's the most important spiritual gift, um, according to Paul here. So Paul, just to give you some context, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. And the chapter before, chapter 14, is chapter 13. 
And funnily enough, and chapter 13 is the love chapter, right? It's the one that gets read out at every wedding. You know, love is patient. Um, So it's in that context that Paul then goes and says, follow the way of love. So you need to do this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. So first and foremost, there has to be love. And I want to say this because, because sometimes prophecy is being used without love and it's hurt people, and it's not done any good. Um, But Paul actually says, and I'll read the start of um, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, For if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. So that's important. To, to, to just get from the outset, prophecy's got to be done through love. Why is this? Well, Paul actually goes on and explains in 1 Corinthians 14, um, uh, picking up in verse 3, it says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like Every one of you to speak in tongues, but it's important because it doesn't just speak to ourselves, which is what tongues does, but it, it speaks to others, and it builds others up. And how many of you know that it's more blessed to give than to receive, Jesus tells us. So actually, the gift of prophecy is, a, I think, the most important gift because it, it's blessing other people all the time. Okay, so, so firstly, it's the most important gift. Secondly, prophecy strengthens, encourages and comforts us. It's what that verse says right there. Who wants to be strengthened and, and comforted and encouraged in 2021? I think after 2020, we need to be strengthened. We need to be encouraged. We need to be comforted. And so that's why prophecy is so important. Uh, we, need, we need that. Do you guys feel like you're like being abandoned over this side of the church? <laughs> it's like now Kami has just gone. It's like, wow, uh, may, we may as well just close down the side and come over. <laughs> Feel free if you want. I don't want to isolate you over there. Now I've just drawn attention to you. Uh, maybe some of you guys <laughs> can go help them. Um, I'm just going to preach over here. Uh, so, prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts us. I, I love that because now more than ever, the world needs strengthening, the world needs encouraging, the world needs comforting. And, uh, and I think when we unlock this gift of prophecy, then we can bring that into the world around us. Number three, third reason is exercising the gift of prophecy keeps you spiritually attuned. It keeps you spiritually tuned up. Um, because to prophesy over someone, you have to listen to God, right? You can't just bust out whatever comes um, into your head without listening to God. And, and, and so I think it's actually a really useful gift because it means that it actually, while we are giving it, it's also refining us and growing us um, in our relationship with God. So it, it, there's a, there's, it's both benefiting someone else and us at the same time, which is cool. Well, uh, the Bible talks about this amazing idea of um, the priesthood of all believers. 1 Peter 2, 4 to 5 um, says, I don't actually if I've got it up there, um, but it basically says that we are living stones being built into a spiritual house and to, to be a holy priesthood. 
Now, that doesn't mean we do away with pastors like me. I'll be out of a job. But what it does mean is that we all can minister. We all can prophesy. We all can use the spiritual gifts in our world. We don't have to just come here and do it on a Sunday. Um, we can all do it wherever we are. And, and I think we should be expecting to be hungry for Jesus. They just don't know it. The world is hungry for spiritual things. And yet they're kind of, it's, it's hidden in plain sight for them. It's, it's, it's us. We carry the answer for them. And when we unlock prophecy, we, we give them a glimpse into a spiritual realm that they just don't understand. And we're like, well, how did you know that about me? How can you speak with such clarity into my world? How can you have something which speaks into my heart that I just don't understand? Well, it's by the Spirit of God. So, so yeah, prophecy, it keeps us spiritually attuned. Fourthly, prophecy testifies to God's reality to unbelievers. Now, there's a, there's a, a potentially confusing passage here. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'll try and explain it. Because it looks like... Paul is confused, and he's um, contradicting himself. So 1 Corinthians 14, we're still in that chapter. In verse 22, it says, Tongues then are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. If the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquires, and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. It, it's, it's a bit strange because it looks like Paul was saying at the start, prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. But then he goes on and, and testifies to them. And you're like, Paul, what, what do you want? Do you, what are you saying here? Do you want it for believers or for unbelievers? Um, I think that I read lots of different commentaries on this. The easiest way to think about it is that what he's saying is that speaking in tongues reveals the miracles of God in our midst. But as believers, we don't need that to prove God's reality to us because we already believe in him. So actually, you know, tongues kind of reveals the, the supernatural but we don't need that revealed to ourselves. But also what Paul is saying is that intelligible speech, prophecy, is actually more valuable than speaking in tongues. Um, because when you, when you speak in tongues, it's got to be interpreted for people to understand it in, in the wider uh, church setting. So prophecy compared to tongues is actually better because it will edify the church and it'll, it'll speak to unbelievers who come in. Does that make sense? I think Paul could have explained it better, to be fair, and then we wouldn't be confused about it. But, <laughs> but the long and the short of it is that prophecy, while it benefits us because we get the prophecy, it also can speak to unbelievers in the world around us as well, and if they come into church. Okay, number five, we'll move on from that point. Prophecy changes things. There's something about the spoken word, God to being. And when we prophesy, when we speak Words that are from God, it creates things, it changes things, it shifts things in people's hearts and in their, in their inner world and therefore in their outer world as well. So when we prophesy, we actually, we change things. That's why I got you to stand up and pray with me in this space because I believe we can change things by our words. We can change things when we prophesy. Okay, so you're convinced? 
We need, we need to unlock this gift. Just, I want to make three notes about receiving prophecy, and then I'm going to be really practical and tell you about how you can, some, some kind of keys to prophesying well. Because I think it's something we don't often do because we're a little bit anxious about, you know, getting it wrong or offending someone or making a mess of it. So here's three, word, three keys about receiving prophetic words. Firstly, I just want to say, a prophetic word is not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. It's not a, like a set in stone. Someone said it, therefore it must be, it must happen. Just because it's been prophesied doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen. Because I, I, can, I can say in my own life, there are, there are times when I've had a prophetic word and it hasn't come to pass, or hasn't come to pass yet. There's, there's a number of reasons. Partly it could be because the, the person prophesying got it slightly wrong. Or, and here's the thing, a prophecy has to be outworked. It's a contested future that we live in. So you can receive a prophetic word, but if you do nothing with it, if you don't action anything, then it will just sit there dormant. It's like a seed. I give you a seed. You know, oh, it's a seed. Cool. I'll just put it there. I'll, I'll remember it later. And you never put it in the ground, and you never water it, and never sees any sun, then that seed is never going to grow. It's just going to sit on your bench, dormant, until you pick it up and go, oh, that prophetic word that you gave me, oh, actually, I need to, I need to action that, and then it will come to pass. So a prophetic word is not a guarantee. It needs to be um, sown into. Secondly, second thing I would say about a prophetic word when you're receiving one is that it needs to be tested. Don't just blindly go, oh, this person said it, therefore it is true, because people get things wrong, because we are human, and so we are fallible, and so, you know, the onus is actually on you as the receiver to test the word. Once the person's given the word, you know, you're trusting that they're hearing from God, and they're doing their best, but the onus is on you to, to actually test it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 21 says, do not treat prophecies with contempt all. So how do you test it? Well, you pray, First of all, and you go, does that sit with me? Is that something that I'm resonates in my spirit that they have said? Does it line up with what other people have said? Other people have prophesied over me. Um, or check with a trusted Christian in your world. Check with you can check with me, you could check with Maya, you could check with someone who you know is hearing from God and you trust and knows you and can help you discern. But make sure you test the word. And number three, when you're receiving it, um, I would say remind yourself of the, of, uh, of the prophetic word. So what I mean by that is when someone gives you a prophetic word, like I said with the seed idea, you need to keep bringing it back to your memory. So a great thing is if you can record it, that's awesome, or you write it down straight away when you receive it. Because um, otherwise, if you're like me, it'll come in one ear and go out the other, and, and you'll forget it, and you'll be like, oh, someone had something for me. I wish I could remember what it was. Um, so you need to, okay, God, how, do, how does this look? How do I outwork it? Um, and how do I see this come to pass? Journal about it, write about it, whatever you need to do. Okay, so that's how you receive a word. How do you give a prophetic word? Like I said, I want to get really practical today. Um, so, Number one, I've actually got 12 points. 
<laughs> Good thing you got comfy seats, eh? Uh, <laughs> more Christians are available uh, at the front there. Number one, remember its purpose. Remember why you are prophesying. If I go back to 1 Corinthians 14, 3, there were these three reasons, strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Let's just break those down. Strengthening, that's like edification. Prophecy strengthens us. Think of this building has got massive reinforcing. When, when someone prophesies over, over you, forcing what God is doing in their world, generally you're not bringing something wholly new to them. You're reinforcing the call of God in their life. You're, you're encouraging them in it. You're strengthening them in that. You're bolstering that call on their life. Encouraging is like exhortation. So you're, you're, you're building them up rather than tearing them down. It's an encouragement. Prophecy is far less correctional than we think. Sometimes we think, oh, prophecy, you have to live like, because the Old Testament prophets were often like that. They were like, oh, you're doing it all wrong. Change your ways. New Testament prophecy isn't, isn't like that. Um, it's strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. It's interesting that word comforting is in there. Well, we don't often think of prophecy as comforting, do we? Um, perhaps a better word there would be reassuring. Prophecy reassures us that God is in control. That actually things are hard at the moment, but God's got it in his hand. That things will turn out okay, that he's faithful to what he's promised. So so prophecy can actually be really comforting because it reminds us of the promises of God in our world. So, So to summarize all those, prophecy is positive. All right? It's speaking positively. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> things are not going to get better for you. It's not like you should, it should always be uplifting. It should always be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. We don't accuse people of sins. We don't cast out things. We don't correct people's behavior. It's strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So remember its purpose. Number two, prophesy in love. God is love, remember? And that's why that whole 1 Corinthians 13 verse chapter is in front of this one about prophecy. Because prophecy is far more about love than it is about purpose and direction. It should be about 90% love and 10% purpose and direction. Because um, God wants, wants to build friendship with you, not a workforce. He wants to be in building. He's about building relationship with you. and Because that's his nature. He's a God of relationship. So prophecy needs to be about building relationship with God. In line with this, I'd say number three, Prophesy out of his emotions for the person. Prophesy out of his emotions for the person. So the, the question you ask is not, uh, you know, God, what do you want them to do? But God, what do you feel about this person? How do you feel about this person? And when you ask that of God, then he'll bring you a prophetic word. Because the goal is to connect people with the heart of God, not necessarily go in this direction. And here's the thing, the direction that he wants them to go in anyway. So you're killing two birds with one stone, right? So, so the idea is to connect them with the Spirit of God, with the heart of God. And then when they do that, they will find that direction. They'll find that purpose. You don't need to tell them where to go. So prophesy out of his emotions, his feelings for that person. Number four, prophesy with Scripture if you can. So, you know, God's Word, I said at the start, is prophetic in nature. 
just all of it. So there's, there's extra power in your prophecy when you, when you bring the Word of God into it, when you can tap into Scripture. And also, it helps people remember things and go, oh, it was that verse in Corinthians or wherever. And it, and it also makes Scripture come alive for people because I'm like, wow, I've got this, pr-. you know, the Bible doesn't just outline all these things. It actually speaks to me and my situation here. That's awesome. So that it makes the Word come alive. So prophesy with Scripture if you can. Number five, don't prophesy above your station. What I mean by that, and I just need to explain something here. There's a gift of prophecy, and there's the office of a prophet. Okay, so Ephesians 4 talks about the fivefold ministry, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, and of a prophet. And they're recognized by the wider church, and they can speak into whole movements and groups of people and to churches, and they're recognized as prophets. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the gift of prophecy, which actually anyone can access. And so when I say don't speak above your station, if, you're, if you are a prophet, capital P, in that office, then that's um, okay, but you know, we should talk. Um, but but if, if you've just got the gift of prophecy, um, which will be, you know, all of us if we want it, I believe, um, what I say, don't prophesy above your station, is if you're very new in your faith, don't go and expect that you're going to have something of you know, nationwide significance and speak to Pastor Sam Monk up in Auckland about it. Because probably you're, you're, you're going beyond your station. You're probably going um, beyond what God has actually given you. Romans 12 puts it well. In Romans 12, 6, it says, if, you, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So with the measure of faith God has given you, and that grows as hopefully as you grow, but don't get don't get ahead of yourself. And on that note, here's a little tip: no mates, dates, babies, or offices. What I mean by it is don't prophesy, oh, you're gonna marry this person. <laughs> or don't prophesy that like dates are like in, in four days' time, this is going to happen to you. Um, babies, it's another dangerous one, don't prophesy. <laughs> Offices, that's like I was talking about the, the, the office of a prophet or an apostle or whatever. You can talk about giftings, but you, know, you want to be very careful because those are topics which a lot of harm can be done. Um, they're quite intimate topics, some of them. And so if you're not really tuned in, they're, they're, they're just dicey ground. So I'd just say, stay clear of those. Number six, Avoid expressions like, God says. <laughs> um, don't use absolutes like that. Rather say something like, I feel like, or I get the sense that God is saying. Because um, when you say, God says this, it puts an unnecessary pressure on that person receiving it. Like, this is God speaking, and I must, you know. Remember what I said, it's, it's our job to test when you say, oh, God says this, you kind of, you take away that opportunity for them to actually test it themselves um, because it's the receiver, not the giver, who needs to test the prophecy. So, so don't make those absolutes. Just say something like, you know, I, I feel like God is saying, there you go, okay? Because, like I said earlier, we can get it wrong. And then uh, that, that wrong prophecy, okay, so that's number six. Number seven, see, I'm ripping through these. You're okay, eh? How's your bums? Do you want to stand up? Oh, you've got cushions on there, eh? I found, actually, I, I, I found sitting in these, it's the back. It's quite, it's quite an upright back. Um, yeah, just, just drawing all your attention to that now. <laughs> so number seven, 
Don't judge your prophecy by the existence or the absence of feelings or let's call it a sense of anointing. Don't judge by whether you feel like this is a good word or not. I remember um, prophesying over someone. They were, they were leaving a church in Dunedin to, to plant a church. And uh, I was up on stage praying for them, and uh, I prophesied over them. And I can't really remember what I said. But years later, um, the woman I prophesied over, she said, man, that word that you had for me um, has really... It really stuck with me, and it's been, it really helped me in this journey. And I was like, oh, I can't really remember what I said. Um, like, and I didn't really feel anything, I, and I kind of felt at the time it was just, it wasn't an overly special prophecy. Um, but you just, you don't know. So don't rely on your feelings, um, whether it feels like a really good prophecy or not. John Wimber, who's the founder of the Vineyard Movement, uh, he was known for having a miraculous healing ministry, and he said that he never, ever felt anything when operating in his gift. So he never really felt, oh, this is God moving, but yet his gift was at work. So don't rely on your feelings around prophecy or around any spiritual gift for that matter. Number eight, don't compare. This is a rule for life in general, <laughs> but particularly when giving a prophetic word, don't don't listen to someone else who's really eloquent and go, oh, I can't pray like that. My prophetic words are just like, I see a tree stump, and that's all I've got. <laughs> um, like, you know, it's okay. God speaks just like he speaks. Um, he speaks differently through different people, and, uh, and he will speak differently to different people as well. So there's no rule around this. Um, you know, a prophecy has to sound like this. So don't worry if it sounds different for what everyone else is bringing. Um, just be faithful. Because here's the thing. In our weakness, he is strong. When we think, oh, man, this is, I can't do this. Well, actually, that's the perfect space to prophesy from. Because in your weakness, he can do a miracle. He can do something amazing. So don't think you've got to have an amazing gift. Just be faithful. Don't use reason. Don't overthink it. Um, this is kind of Prophecy 101, but it's still tempting to do. Don't use what you know about a person and then prophesy out of that. Um, you, like, you know that this person is needing a new job, or you know that they're believing for a um, whatever, a house or a baby or whatever. So therefore, that can taint your prophecy. Um, and sometimes it'll be more human will than God. So... You almost need to think, forget what you think you know about the person when you're prophesying and just see, you know, what whatever God, it's almost like he puts in your gut what he speaks to your spirit and just go with that because that is probably God. Here's a good example, you want a biblical example of this, the story of Samuel. So Samuel is an Old Testament prophet and he's a good one. He's a prophet to a whole nation, so he's got the title prophet, capital P, and he comes to anoint the next king of Israel. He brings out his eldest son, and Samuel thinks, yep, he looks like the one. He's good. He's, just look, think of me, um, tall, strong, good looking, and uh, probably had a good beard, and um, he thinks, yes, that's the one. And then in 1 Samuel 16, 7, he says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. 
People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And it takes Samuel a while to get this right, because he goes through every, every other son, uh, Jesse trots out, and it's none of them until finally they bring in David from the field, and then God says, no, it's just thinking about it too much, and he got it wrong. And yet when he actually just listened to what God said, it was David who was, you know, still ruddy and good looking, but uh, was, <laughs> was the youngest and the least likely uh, to, to be chosen by God. So, yeah, don't work with your reason. Allow the Spirit of God to guide you. Number 10, I would say, if you can, build on what has been said before. So often when we prophesy, we sometimes do it with, with groups of people. Um, and you're going to prophesy in groups of two or three soon. And uh, listen to what other people are bringing and allow God to build on that. It's in with what someone else is saying. And together, those things will work really nicely. Um, and it's probably better to have two to three kind of clear pictures rather than 10 different random unconnected ones. Build on what other people say. Number 11, keep it short. Keep it concise. You don't have to, you know, give a five-minute explanation around it. Um, say what God puts on your heart and then stop. Short and simple when it comes to God will actually have far more impact than you just going on and on and trying to... Because what you will do is you'll just cloud out the main point. And the person will go, sorry, what are you, <laughs> what's the prophecy here? Um, just trust that since, since it's their life that, that God's speaking into, trust that he can make clear to them what it is you're saying, okay? You don't need to make it clear. God will make it clear. So trust that. Do away with your explanations um, and just trust that intuitively God, by his spirit, will speak into their heart. Is that good? Okay, number 12, we're there. <laughs> number 12, it doesn't have to be in person or out loud that you prophesy. Having said all this about prophesying out loud, actually, you know, you can, you can pray and intercede on someone's behalf without them being in the room. When you're praying, sometimes God will bring someone to mind. Quite possibly that's because he wants you to pray for them. He wants you to intercede, and, and, and perhaps he'll give you a word for them then you need to pray around that. The person, they actually never know that you've been prophesying, you've been praying for them. Um, and that is incredibly powerful. And you may want to share with them afterwards. And, and you know, you hear some crazy stories, people waking up in the middle of the night and praying for someone and, and have it out of a dream. And, and then and you hear, you know, down the track, oh, actually that person was on the other side of the world and there was something traumatic or dramatic happening in their life that actually in that moment, Something shifted and something changed because you prophesied. You prayed into that space. I don't think I need to say this, but I will. When, when we're prophesying, actually what we're doing is we're listening. And then we're just saying what we hear. Prophesying isn't like, oh, I've got to make up a word for this person. right? It's actually, no, okay, God, what do you want to say? Okay, and then saying that word. Is that good? So I've given you the why and the how, and I'll invite um, uh, Kristen to come up on keys. But what I want us to do in this space is to unlock this gift in our own lives. I could stand up here and for the next you know, hour try and prophesy over each and every one of you, 
But actually, we can prophesy over one another. We can unlock this gift. And what that will do is not just give you a prophetic word. It will also, as I said, tune you in to the Spirit of God. Tune you into what God is saying to you and through you. So let's stand to our feet. And if you're a visitor here today, or if, if you're not actually even a Christian here today, let me say this. If you're not a Christian, don't try and prophesy because you'll be doing it. Out. We need the Spirit of God to allow us to prophesy, right? So don't try and prophesy if, you, if you're not a Christian. But if you're not a Christian and you would like someone to pray for you, then by all means, let them do that. Um, yeah, if you, if you are a Christian, but you, you haven't prophesied before, or you're not very sure, I'm going to come up here now because you're all standing. Uh, if you're not very sure about this gift in your life, then I want to pray for you right now because I want, I want you to be free to use this gift in your world. So why don't we just close your eyes? And if you are here and you're like, yeah, I, I haven't really used this gift much before. I would like some help. Just raise your hand. And, and we're going we're gonna to shift something right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you desire us to be operating in your gifts. And you tell us to desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And so right now in this space, I pray for these people who are desiring that in their world, who are desiring to be able to hear from you, to be able to, to speak into people's lives. I pray that you would release that gift. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would give them the courage to speak out those images, those pictures, those words that you bring to them for someone else. I pray that for your glory. Amen. Can I just say that just before we do this, uh, there are different ways that the Spirit of God will speak to you. Some people are very visual, and so they'll get an image. They'll get a picture. Some people deal a lot more in words, so they might get a scripture or a word from scripture. Um, some people, you know, they're really action things, so they'll, so they'll kind of, they'll see a scenario or a, a thing being played out. There are, there are different ways, and, and as I said, God speaks in different ways, so don't discard it if you feel like, man, that is weird. I have had some strange spiritual um, images and, and prophetic words that I think, really? Do I have to share that? But actually, it always always speaks. It always resonates because, remember, it's God doing it through you. So gather two two or three. No more space there. But I want you to come into groups of two or three, and you're going to pray for each other. You're going to prophesy over each other. Okay, so gather around, gather around. Yep. You might have to get out of your seat to do it. Yep. It's good. And just invite the Spirit of God into this moment. Pray, and I want you to bring a prophetic word. Go for it.
give you another another 30 seconds to finish up. Stand and sing. Your goodness is running out. It's running after me. Your goodness is running out. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. So if you're here this morning and this whole idea of, of prophecy is just completely foreign and you don't know Jesus at all, then I want to give you an opportunity to come to know him. We do this every week and it's very simple. Just, with, just so if everybody closes your eyes in this moment, if you're here and you think, man, my life is not right with God, I haven't given my heart to Jesus, can I tell you, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. So if you're trying to earn your way into heaven, if you're trying to earn your way into a relationship with God, you can't. You can only come through Jesus. So, but He makes a way for us to do that. He said, if you come to me, I will make a way for you. So in this moment, if that's you, you think, yeah, I want to come to God. I want to come into relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. And you can raise your hand. I'll see it. That's awesome. I see that hand. I see those two hands. That's cool. Is there anybody else who wants to do that? Okay. Oh, three hands. That's cool. Is anyone else who wants to do that? Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. I'm gonna, I'll say a line and you can repeat it back. And we're going to commit ourselves into his hands. So let's pray. Dear God, I come to you this morning. I lay down my life. I'm sorry for my sin, which separates me from you. I receive your forgiveness through your son, Jesus, that takes away my sin and restores relationship. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Yeah, come on, that's awesome. Cool. Bless you, I'm going to hand back to me.